Green Mountain Chronicles was originally produced for radio by the Vermont Historical Society in the 1980s. We're re-releasing them today as retro podcasts. Please note that any resources the podcast recommends may be out of date. We recommend you check out our website, vermonthistory.org, for the most up-to-date information. Green Mountain Chronicles number 21, Traveling Entertainment, the Chautauquas. Chautauqua was held down in the back of this hospital. And they would come every summer, and it was uh, something we looked forward to. Because back in those days, <laughs> now I do sound old, um, there weren't that many things to do, and it was a wonderful thing. 1915, and the Chautauqua movement is in full swing, providing an annual cultural highlight for thousands of people in rural communities in Vermont and across the country. These traveling variety shows held in circus tents grew out of a 19th century Sunday school teacher training program at the Chautauqua Institute in New York. A commercial Chautauqua circuit with a heavy emphasis on entertainment emerged by 1904 and flourished into the 1920s. Its performers were emissaries of culture to many isolated communities. My first taste of, of really classical entertainment was through Chautauqua. They uh, had the Ben Greet players who gave us Shakespeare and other plays, and uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. When I was a lad, I served a term as office boy to an attorney's firm. I cleaned the windows and I swept the floor, and I polished up the handle of the big front door. Uh, they would have a different one every summer, so I got to know pinafore and gondoliers and things of that kind. Rachel Dwinnell Rose grew up in East Callis, Vermont. The nearest Chautauqua town was Hardwick, 11 miles away. When the Chautauqua came, a $2 season ticket would guarantee a seat for a week's worth of matinee and evening performances. Not wanting to miss anything, the Dwinell family usually made the 22-mile round trip each day. My father loved music. He didn't hesitate. He'd, he'd decide how many season tickets to get, you know. And if, if anybody in the family didn't want to go, we'd always pick up a neighbor or somebody to go with us. Lindenville, Barrie, Northfield, Waterbury, Springfield, Orleans, Rutland, and Weston were among the towns on the Chautauqua circuit. Morris Maxfield of Barrie and Pauline St. Louis of Waterbury were usually in the audience when the Chautauqua came to their towns, bringing something for everyone in its feast of cultural treats. Oh, there was variety entertainment, believe me. Yes, yes. When I say variety entertainment, there was always magicians, puppeteers, First puppeteers I ever ever saw were on the Chautauqua circuit. Long way back early, there was a harp quintet. Five girls traveling with harps. Imagine. There was dramatics and a lot of instrumentalists. Bell ringers, all sorts, any entertainment, piano soloists, and a lot of singing, of course. And then lecturers. Chautauqua was famous for the lecturers. They had... String quartets, uh, uh, instrumental quartets, and quintets, and some of them were extremely good. They always ended up on Saturday night with a play. Very good plays, too. Chautauqua was the spawning ground for a lot of, uh, a lot of talent that went on to be uh, expensive later on in their careers. It was really super. Really, you saw the best of everything. 
Some accounts of the day give performances less enthusiastic reviews, yet undeniably the annual Chautauqua offered country people the tantalizing promise of something different and new to broaden their horizons, and it provided an occasion to plan for and look forward to from year to year. It was something that was needed, the experience. But new entertainments were on the horizon. Radio and movies were breaking through the insularity of rural life and beginning to occupy much of the leisure time of the audiences that once flocked to the Chautauqua tents. By 1930, only two Vermont towns remained on the circuit. I guess probably it just went out of existence. I guess it just went the way of all things. Thanks for listening. This podcast was remastered by me, Amanda Gustin, and released by the Vermont Historical Society. If you've enjoyed it, please subscribe to get future episodes and rate and review it. Please also check out our website, vermonthistory.org, where you can find background information on these episodes, as well as other ways you can learn about Vermont history from home. The Vermont Historical Society relies on support from generous donors to preserve and share Vermont's stories. During these uncertain times, your support is needed now more than ever. Please consider donating today at vermonthistory.org slash donate.